Mitsubishi. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, September 6th, and PLL playoff season is upon us, boys and girls. The season that started back June 1st in Boston is now wrapping up here. We've got four teams still battling it out for the crown on September 21st. Couple teams playing for the first overall draft pick. So, Jake, playoffs are here. How are we feeling? I mean, you can't really complain, can you? Uh, Lacrosse is back. Um, I mean, there's going to be some really good games. Uh, I mean, it felt like the bye week felt really long. Um, did it not feel long to you? I felt like I was for just waiting for fucking ever. You know, there's nothing on TV. I'm like, fuck. You know, yeah, there's college football on, whatever. But you know, it's it's not the same, man. It's not the same. Yeah, I don't know what. I, maybe it was because of like the long weekend or something in there, but like. It, it has felt like we haven't seen these teams play in quite some time, but that changes tonight because uh, things get underway in Columbus. Uh, we'll get more to that a little bit later, but uh, yeah, I mean, the playoffs are here. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm actually really interested in the, um, in the loser bracket part of it. I don't know, just the whole playoff format. Like it's been, destroying my brain the entire time since they announced it it's still fucking with my brain a little bit now i'm i'm just interested to see like how it goes while it's actually happening and like what people's reactions are like i i think it makes sense in my head but i'm still just like well i i don't know about that like it just I don't know. The fact that the bracket just isn't like when you look at the bracket, that it's not just like a smooth funnel all the way to the championship. I, it just 27 years of my life. That's all I've known for a bracket. So it's just going to take a while to get used to. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally get that. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of very smart, much smarter than, than us. A lot of, a lot of very smart people went into uh, creating this bracket. So kudos to them. Um, I mean, we don't, we don't really get it, but you know, there's going to be lacrosse played and if there's lacrosse playing, then we're going to fucking talk about it. So it's just um, years of filling out March madness brackets. And like, again, there, there's two lines that come off of each matchup and then a line that comes out of the middle that, and it just keeps going. It's like, it's, it's easy for the brain to process. And this thing is like, I don't know. It, it just, it's, it's like throwing like hot sauce in my eyes right now. Cause like, I, I can't comprehend what's going on i do think that it makes sense but just seeing it in action like that'll be i think that'll be the one thing that'll find i'll be like all right you know what that makes sense because like one of the whip snakes or the chaos should definitely uh be playing for the crown on september 21st so like that part of it makes sense it's just it's gonna take actually seeing it for me to be like oh yeah no like that that can actually work too like we don't have to be doing the same exact thing that sports has been doing for the past 500 years yeah that's that's just sounds about right math sounds right there i think it's you know the kind of win and you're in for the the chaos and the whip snakes in that in that first game is you know that's nice for them they they had the majority of the wins this season that's that's awesome um but you know it, it's it, it's kind of like a like a summer ball weekend where like you know you get like a first round bye if you if you win your your tough game in the morning and then you like you like play like you know you play like your like 10 o'clock game on saturday and it's maybe your second game of the day and if you win that one you're like oh we secured the number one seed like we don't have to play until like 2 p.m on sunday it's kind of like that you know and then like if you're like oh we're the two or the three we've got to play an extra game on sunday morning that's kind of what the what the archers and the redwoods are, are in they got to play like you know two games to make it to the finals rather than, you know, they got a little bit of tougher road. Um, but I, I, I kind of like it like that, you know, like, you know, the, the chaos of the whip snakes will be playing somebody who earned their way in. Right. You know, they got, um, you know, they got to, they got to defeat uh, either the archers, or the red snakes defeating each other. And then they got to beat the loser of the, of that, of that game to get in. I think that, I think it's pretty interesting. I know you're more concerned about losers bracket. Um, yeah, I just I just like the concept a little bit. It's like look at these like you guys fucking suck, <laughs> fucking but like losers. here have have your own thing anyway. Like I I just like that part. Um, I don't. But like as I'm thinking about it now, because like because now I'm starting to wonder like 
for the whip snakes and chaos, like what would you rather do in this game on? So they'll be playing in Saturday night at 6 PM. Like, like, yeah, if you win this, it's a little bit easier for you. Cause you get that buy straight to the championship. So like the, you just go right past the semis, but it's not, I feel like that would work out really well, like a whole lot better if this was like a, um, you know, if this was like a Friday, Saturday, so if they did this whole thing one weekend, right? One so, weekend, yeah. so, so let's say round one was Friday. Now, if you win Friday, like in this one, two game, you don't have to play Saturday. You go right to the championship on Sunday. And then it's like, yeah, like I would really appreciate not having to play three games in three days. That sounds like a fucking bitch, but the fact that it's spread out through these three weeks. So like you win this game on, on Saturday, if you're, you know, chaos or whip snakes, you don't play again until two weeks later. Like that's a long ass time to not have a game. And then you have like, so imagine, you know, imagine if archers or redwoods, right? So let's say obviously one of those teams are going to win on uh, tonight and then, you know, let's just say that they beat the loser of the one-two game next week. Well, all of a sudden, they're riding high off of two back-to-back wins. They're feeling like that, and like you haven't even, you know, you haven't played in two weeks. So uh, I guess it's a uh, what? What is that? Rest versus rust. So we we can you know embrace debate on that. I'd almost rather lose. I think it's just way too long of a time. Like you just had a bye week after the end of the regular season. Now you're going to play a game. Then you're going to get another bye week. And then you have to go try to win a championship. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Again, it's, it's the, the, the bracket is just like, I don't know, like someone's just stabbing my brain with a screwdriver, and I'm not sure, you know, if they're pressing the right things or not. Well, I think we'll get there. Um, yeah, I don't know if that plays in your favor at all. You know, it's kind of like you have another bye week after, uh, you know, if you, if you win that first round game. Interesting. You should, you should play the the loser of the loser's bracket game like that. So that next week, just like a little too, because like that, whoever loses the loser's bracket, you're done. See you later. Thanks for coming out this year. Um, so like, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe you can just like, like, hey guys, like, do you want to play against each other, like, in the parking lot or something like that, like next week in New York? Um, just, I really wouldn't want to take. Again, it's it's gonna be two weeks, um, so I don't know, a little weird. But uh, again, like you mentioned, people that are way smarter than myself, you, and and probably the majority of people listening right now um, were able to come up with that. So. I usually defer to smart people in situations like that, but just know that you're a nerd and I don't like it, but I'll let you, you know, I'll let you make the calls. Yeah. They can do all the heavy lifting. You know, we're, we're, we're just here for the commentary. Yeah. Um, Well, so before we get into our predictions for this weekend and as well as the rest of the playoffs on a whole, uh, the nominees for the, I guess the, the regular season awards, um, or I guess, you know, the full 2019 season awards have been put out there. Um, now again, all this is based off of regular season performance. Um, so, you know, obviously someone can go on a little run here over the next three weeks. And like, you might think someone more random, like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know who would be random at this point. Cause they're all fucking studs, but you know, someone could be MVP of the playoffs, but so this is all based off of uh, regular season performance. So we might as well just go down the list of the, uh, the awards, the nominees, and just right off the top of the head uh, straight from the heart, say who we think deserves to be the winner. So we'll start off with the gate brothers midfielder of the year award. Um, I'm not going to read all the, descriptions for the awards like it's called the midfielder of the year award if you don't understand what that award's for and you need a description like i don't know maybe go like smash your brain against the crossbar or something like that uh the nominees jake fricaro ned crotty and tom schreiber um ned crotty it really came on there at the end of the season i I felt like it was 
he was like a, a little bit unheard from like earlier in the year. Uh, but then he had that one game where he just snapped where he had like, you know, seven points. Um, Jake for Carl was just dropping bombs all season long. And then Tom Schreiber, he's, uh, you know, one of the best in the world. So Jake, I'll, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, that's a no brainer. It's Tom Schreiber. That's the correct answer. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, he scored the second most points as a, as a midfielder. He's absolutely the best player in the world. Um, hands down. I mean, what more can you say that? I think he locked that one up pretty early in the, in the season. Yeah, I mean, if there was an award for, like, the Gate Brothers best chain of the year, like, Fercaro yeah, gets Yeah, has that like, one. Without a doubt, easily. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going Schreiber on there as well. Uh, the Paul Canabene face-off athlete of the year. Now, this one, this is a little tough here. All right, so we got uh, the nominees here for the FOGO of the year, face-off athlete, as they like to be called couple recurring guests on the pod we've got joe nardella from the whip snakes and tv9 trevor baptiste of the atli so both of them friends of the program so we're gonna have to hurt someone's feelings here man i'll go first it's it's trevor um now maybe maybe i'm uh like factoring this in a little bit like this shouldn't have any sort of play in and this, this like, of, like, this should strictly be PLL regular season, but like, I can't get it out of my head that Trevor Baptiste played a full rookie season in the NLL, absolutely worked the competition there, then came right back over to field and did the same exact thing. Um, so, like, again, I know, I know that it's just, and even if it's just a PLL award, like he was, he finished the season first in face-off percentage ground balls everything so he was the top of the list for all the face-off guys um but when you like you factor in just how he's dominated the position at every level and every variation of the game uh i gotta go tb9 that doesn't I'm, mean though that joe, Nardell, joe nardell is an all-time guy an okay all-time so but, i mean yeah nardell nardell is an all-time guy for sure but like baptiste finished with one more ground ball than nardella like so, you can say that. Like I had to go fact check you real quick about have, about about TB nine having the, the and, and I, so I'm I agree, I absolutely agree. I did not know that Baptiste surged past Nardella in the uh, in the ground ball game, but like yeah, first season he was nearly ten percent better than everybody else in face off percentage. You know, it's unfortunate that he's in the losers bracket where everybody fucking sucks, right? Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, TB9 gets that one for sure. Uh, we, we love you though, Joe. Like we're 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 huge, you know, Joe Nardella fans. You know, uh, TN JN91. We're we're all we're all in there. I'll, I'll go cop my Nardella jersey. But you know, Baptiste gets that one. Sorry, buddy. Maybe next year. All right. Now we move on to the Oren Lions goalie of the year, which Good you know Lord. would go to the best goalie in the PLL as, as the name would say. Um, so here for the nominees, we've got big daddy, blaze Reardon, Jack and cannon and Kyle Burnlore. This one. I'm, I'm very undecided on this one. Um, I'm looking at your face right now. I'm not sure if you have one in mind yet or not, but I'm, I'm going to go to you first. Cause I'm still, I'm between two. I think it's Jack and Cannon. Uh, wow, that was the one that it was not between for me. <laughs> I think it's Jack and Cannon. I think Cannon has showed out really, really. He was Cannon was the deciding factor in the Atli's surge at the end of the year. Um, that that to me is like when one player can be a huge deciding factor in a shift in your team's entire you know modality over the course of the year and he had some really stellar play towards the end of the year and i i think it's i think it's concannon now i might be alone in that one um considering that he is last in sage percentage compared to blaze and, and kyle burnlore and obviously nobody can get the burnlore college save out of their out of their head you know the the diving save in the in the unc game but um yeah i, I thought it was shot out of you know 
shot out of a cannon, it's jacked and cannon for me. So that was call me an idiot. Like I don't, I don't fucking care. Like I, I think that it, 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 he had some really important play. Sue me. Shot out of a cannon, jack and cannon. You son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so here's the thing. Full transparency. So in my media vote, which not a big deal, humble brag, get a media vote in one of these bad boys. Um, I did go with Blaze. But now that, you know, so that I, I've already put in that, that media ballot. Now that I'm thinking about it, though, like Kyle Burnlore, like the Whip Snakes have played. I, I would need to like go back and like check all the scores, but I feel like the Whip Snakes played the most amount of one goal games. Mm, that was the Archers, I believe. The Archers? Like okay. First, the first, their first like five, first four games were overtime. Okay. I think it's the Archers the, that played the, the most. The Whip one. Snakes also had like three overtimes in a row, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like the fact that, you know, he, he was able to keep them in a position. So many because I feel like they were winning all those overtime games as well. So it's like, you know, to be put in that position in overtime and still give your team a chance to win all those, you know, it helps when you have, you know, guys like Ryan Drenner at the other end of the field who can, you know, just stash that ball in the back of the net. Um, but Burnlore being able to, you know, hang it with all those overtime games, all those games that just came down to one goal. That might put him over the edge for me a little bit, um, but yeah. So I'm I'm back and forth on those guys. So podcast says Burnlore, but um, you know, media ballot says says Blazer, friend of the pod. You know, have to have to pump up our boys. Like we need we need uh, guests to win at every award. That way, we That's can true. tell everyone else to suck it. Uh, the Eamon McEnany attackman. Of the year. So this is this is the one that really this is the only one that matters. Every other position in lacrosse can get fucked. Um, it's all about attackmen. It's the it's the best way for the game to be played is to just let the attackmen have the ball in their stick and let them do magic. Uh, speaking of magic, Connor Fields a nominee. Uh, also Marcus Holman and Matt Rambo. Now this is one of those ones where I'm gonna. It's kind of like try, trying to think about um, like like there's a difference between like a MVP and like a player of the year type of situation. Um, you know, like a you know, kind of like how how the Heisman like sometimes they'll give the Heisman to like a guy who like like they don't think is going to win the national. You know what I'm saying? Like um, I don't know. Because here's the thing, it's right now for me, it's between Connor Fields and Matt Rambo. I I think that Connor Fields has to win an award this season because mm-hmm. of everything that, that he's done to absolutely demoralize uh and brutalize goalies and defenders this entire season. But like Rambo would probably be in like spoiler alert here, but like Rambo would probably be my pick for MVP. So if you know if if one's getting one, the other's getting the other. So I got to go Connor Fields as the attackman of the year. I think that logic makes sense. Um, That being considered, if there wasn't, if they weren't up for MVP, I think Rambo gets the attackman of the year simply because of often simply because of his production. I mean, but I mean, then you have to factor in, you know, the whip snakes did blow out a couple teams. So, no, I'm I, I'm I'm with you. I think I think Fields. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I was trying to I was trying. You know, I'm th- I'm thinking back. You know, Rambo. They they blew out the Redwoods. So does his 42 points really? I mean, he went. He had like eight in that game. You know, so had they not blown them out, he probably would have been more on par with Tom Schreiber, or Justin Gutterding in points. So, yeah, I think that. Um, he, Rambo gets MVP and, and Connor Fields gets attacked. Yeah, which is crazy considering the year that Marcus Holman had. That, like, yeah, it's like those guys. I, I feel like they're pretty clearly the the top two in that category. Uh, the Brendan Looney Leadership Award. So this is uh, going to the player who. Uh, 
to a veteran of at least eight years pro for outstanding leadership. This is, this is the old man award. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandpa award. Yep. So, <laughs> so this goes Lord. to who, you know, whoever has been playing lacrosse like longer than Ryder Garnsey has been alive uh, and is an outstanding leadership on his team, both on and off the field. Uh, so the nominees here are Brody Merrill, absolute legend, Kyle Harrison, absolute legend, and John Galloway, absolute legend. Um, mm. It's tough, man. So I'll I'll let you go first on this one. I've got my pick locked in, though. Yeah, I'm I'm locking in with K18. Uh, I, I think that Kyle has had an absolutely crazy season. Um, you know, considering, and I, I hate that you know, considering how old he is, considering how old Brody Merrill is, considering how old Galloway are, they're all fantastic players, legends of the game. Um, but you know, I I think that. Kyle's, you know, K team's been out there producing and that's crazy. So is Brody Merrill, which I, you know, you can't like some of the stuff that Brody Merrill does, like the way he picks up ground balls, just kind of vacuums them up. It's, it's absolutely insane. Um, I think, I don't know. My gut says K18. Yeah. I mean, lock so, it in. So I'm, I'm also going with Kyle, but like the thing that separates him from the rest of the pack, like specifically for this award, like being like the, the big like leader guy on and off the field, it seems like after every single week, Kyle Harrison is always on Twitter hyping up one of the younger guys. And, and it doesn't like just have to be a Redwoods guy. Like it, it's, it's a, usually a Redwoods guy, but like he's always – you know, watching these younger guys develop, turn into, you know, the, the now stars of lacrosse, like where he was, you know, 10 years ago. And, you know, obviously he's still a star, but he's more like a legend now. Um, but like seeing him always, you know, gas up some of these younger guys, like that's, you know, that's the type of energy that the sport needs. So like, that's, you know, it's just like a real cool thing that he does. And, um, you know, it's, it's probably a little bit, you know, I don't, I don't know if, Brody Merrill's necessarily like a big social media guy. So like, I'm sure that in his, you know, personal life, you know, he's always talking to younger guys as well. Being like, yeah, you know, you I like the way you play and shit like that. So, um, but you know, the fact that I live, you know, the both of us live the majority of our lives on Twitter. Um, so just seeing Kyle out there so gassing, gassing some of these younger guys up, like that's a big, big time leadership thing. It's like, Hey, Big big time respect out of K eighteen. So that's why I got to give him the Brendan Ludy Leadership Award. Um, speaking of Brody Merrill, that will take us over to the Brody Merrill LSM of the Year Award. Um, is, it, is it fair to be named like you have your own award, but at the same time you're up for another award? That doesn't seem right. We, I, I I forgot about that. So fuck Brody. He's out. Of, he's out of the the old man award. All right, K eighteen gets it. Well. Why, well, what's crazy, but, he, but he's not nominated for his own award, though. Oh, that's fucked up. That's also fucked up. That's equally <laughs> fucked up. If he was going to be nominated for any award, it should be for his own, uh, for his own award. Like that's- you, you should have to uh, <laughs> one-on-one physical hand-to-hand combat, Brody Mar- like if, if you Like, you can win the award. But if then you fight it, Brody. No, no, yeah, but but like so, like all right. So there are two two nominees here, right? Michael Earhart, Scott Ratliff, right? So one of them wins, but you don't get to keep the award unless you can beat up Brody. <laughs> and I, I be, I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I think Earhart would have the uh, the upper hand in that one because he's an absolute, you know, he's built like a fucking sequoia tree. But like, yeah, that seems. I mean, that's that only seems right that there should be some sort of combat involved if like the guy that your award is named after is still playing in the league, you know? Um, well, so then who, who do you got though? in, in those, so I feel like I, I got rat. Like yeah, that's, I, that's, I, I, knew, uh, I, knew that, I knew that you would. Yeah. I got, I got, I got rat. I love I love that guy. He's all, he's all good vibes. Like, you know, it, it it's just a good vibes guy. Great player um huge leader you know huge in the atlanta community like and it's not to say that Earhart doesn't do doesn't do that i just you know i am biased and i i cannot help it so you know rat go home stick that one in your trophy case all right along with your uh national championship trophy and uh i don't know if he has an mll championship but you know start building that trophy case up there bud yeah 
And I'll, I'll go Earhart just for we, we got to start having some different picks. And, and plus, you know what? Maybe if I, I don't know, like when these awards are going to be given out, um, but you know, maybe by the time that between now and when the awards are actually given out, maybe they'll actually consider our you have to fight Brody Merrill. And if you can beat him up, you get it. So, um, yeah, I definitely think Earhart has the best chance of that. So that's that's why I got to go with them. Um, the George Brodie hard hat award. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, George Brodie, uh, was the player at Cornell who, uh, unfortunately lost his life after he got hit by a ball during a game in, in Oh four. So, um, you know, this award is for him and it's, it goes out to, you know, a real selfless guy, uh, and also the best short stick D midi in, in the PLL. Um, I gotta be honest. I, I don't like, so when I watch lacrosse, right, my, my eyes are always fixated. And this is just because, you know, I played offense my entire non-illustrious playing career. Um, and I'm just like an offensive-minded guy in general. So, like, I, I'm never really, like, watching out for the, for the D-mids. Um, but, so, so like, my, my pick here I don't really think holds much weight. So if I say a name and you guys disagree with me, like that's totally fine. Everything else, if you disagree with me, come find me. I will punch you do? and then run away and call 911. <laughs> um, maybe I'll, I'll call 911 before the punch and then just text them later. Um, but shut up. Uh, but anyway, the nominees here, Dominique Alexander, Mark Lassini, Ty Warner. So you're the more defensive-minded guy on the pod, so I'll, I'll let you go here first as well. You know, I the the mids you know, they should all get awards. I, I think that it's a it's a selfless position. Um, you know, these guys put their bodies on the line every you know every game. It's a very selfless position, right? Like I you know started coaching at this new program, and uh, and. Uh, you were doing fall ball practice or whatever. And I was like, all right, Mitty's over here, attacking over here, defenseman over here. Coach, this kid goes, coach, where the D-mits go? I was like, Home. this guy absolutely knows. Like, he's like, I'm a D-mid. I was like, oh, sweet. I was like, that, that is what we need, right? Um, you know, I'm not going to pick anybody. I, I think that every, all of them deserve uh, an award. Although I would say that Glassini deserves some sort of, uh, award or maybe some recognition for being we'll, a fucking we'll, psychopath and jumping in front of the ball. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll, we will get that to that in a little bit. We we got like a couple more awards to go. Is that not is that not the the award we're talking about? No, no, no. The uh, absolute psychopath award. Oh, is the absolute up. psychopath award is coming up. Okay, it's good. Up. Uh, yeah. But Glassini definitely deserves some sort of recognition for that. Um, God, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I would, I mean, if my biggest thing is like, all right, so everyone's getting cooked in the PLL. Like, you know, yeah. you, can, you can play good defense. So like the poles are getting cooked just as much as the D-mids are getting cooked. So I'm looking for the short stick D-mid who's going to give you like the most out of transition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because if they're all going to get, you know, these guys will play good defense, but like they're still going to get beat. Um, so like, the thing that I guess would separate it from me would be, you know, the, the transition aspect of it. So I would go Dominique Alexander there just cause I feel like, you know, I would trust him with the ball and a stick. Um, so I, I would go there, but again, I'm not a, I'm not a big SSDM kind of guy. Uh, so I, I, I like your answer. All of them, you know, you guys, yeah, all, all of them deserve it. you guys all get yeah. something. Yeah, they, they all deserve. They, you know, they at least deserve some fucking, you know, healthcare. Maybe like a CT scan or something like that, because, you know, there's something wrong up there. Yeah, just just know though, you guys only get like four or five shots a year. Anything else than that, hit the point guy on the break. Uh, the Dickadell Coach of the Year uh, nominees here: Andy Towers, Chris Bates, and Jim Stagnita. Um, I feel like the sexy pick would be Andy Towers just because he's he's a fucking lunatic on the sideline. He's always screaming. He's always loud. He's bald. Um, but I, I've i got to go with Stags on this one. 
Um, mostly because of the fact that he benched Rambo for that one half of, uh, what was it, like week eight or nine? Maybe it was week eight. Um, that takes a lot of balls. Like that, that's, uh, you know, that, that's your best player. That's probably the regular season MVP, um, of the PLL. And he was like, listen, you little fucking rat, you're not helping us out right now. Uh, you know, we're going to need to make, you know, it's not an easy call to make to be like, Hey, Matt, buddy, we're going to sit you down this half. Um, so it's a guy who knows, what he wants out of his team. He's got a standard set and you know, if people weren't meeting that standard, doesn't matter if you're the top guy on the roster or the bottom, he's going to put you on the bench. So, um, you know, I think that that's something that a lot of these players can respect. Obviously Rambo respected it cause he came back out the next game. Uh, I think he scored the first goal that next game, actually like 10 seconds in. So he responded well. So I got to go stagnita for that one. You know, mine's simple. Um, I'm going with Andy Towers simply because I'm afraid of him. Um, I feel like he's one of those That's guys. Actually, I'm glad that you did that because if none of us pick that, the pod would be in big time trouble. Yeah, I mean, like he could put you in like a headlock and just like you know scrape his knuckles right into your right right into the base of your skull or something, and just like kind of wear down the bone or something. I don't know. He's 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 terrifying, and that's an easy pick for me, Andy Towers. Yeah. Next question. Well, you know what similar to the Brody Merrill award. I think in order to win the coach of the year award, yeah, you got to go through Andy towers. Well, now it should come down to, well, which (laughs) essentially would come down to Andy towers, but it should just be like an arm wrestling contest. So same thing. All right. Next up is the Dave Huntley sportsmanship award uh, given to the player who best exemplifies the spirit of the game by his attitude, demeanor, treatment of competitors teammates coaches and officials so uh long story short this is just a overall good dude award um so this the the nominees here which this this might actually be another one of those ones where um you know my my media ballot was one thing but i might end up changing my mind here while we're talking through it on the pod but the nominees here for the sportsmanship award brody merrill connor farrell and uh joey sankey so so I, again, transparency here, my, my initial, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with it. So I, I'll go with Joey Sankey um, for this one. I think, uh, you know, obviously people listening to this probably know what Joey has, has battled through the past, you know, couple years, um, you know, whether it's the, the knee injuries or the cancer treatment. Um, but, you know, the kid didn't miss a beat, just kept putting his head down, worked his ass off gets to the uh, PLL, scores a goal with the Redwoods his first game of the season, you know, looks pretty good with that team, then ends up getting traded, and then, you know, right away just makes himself at home with the Archers. So, um, you know, I think and everything that's been thrown his way, uh, he's attacked it like a fucking beast. Um, so it, it would either be Joey Sankey or Brody Mar- just because I, I feel like it would, it would be nice for a you know, Canadian guy to grab the inaugural Dave Huntley sportsmanship award. Um, but so I got Joey Sankey one a and Brody Merrill one B. Yeah. I'd have to say, I'd have to agree with Sankey. You know, everybody knows, you know, the story, we won't go through it, but like, you know, great dude battling through a lot. Um, just, I mean, that, that's, that's a no brainer for me. I will have to say though, uh, Connor Farrell is a character um the milkman like absolutely uh he's the type of guy out there that you know he could probably blow you up on a play and then pick you up off the ground and be like nice one bud uh you know it it feels too easy to get Brody Merrill's sportsmanship award sportsmanship award because he's Canadian um that seems like cheating um you know but other than that uh you know I I think Sankey Sankey gets it because you know he's a stand-up dude battling through a lot Although we have to give some recognition to the milkman for being a, a, a another stand-up dude, kind of like an Andrew Luck without the neck beard, you know, uh, something like that. But uh, I'm interested to see who drinks more whole milk, Connor Farrell or Andrew Luck. I feel like Andrew Luck's a big, big milk guy as well. Oh yeah, he might drop his fucking flip phone into a cup of milk. Ah, oh, nuts! <laughs> Go- golly, golly. 
Oh, well, got to go down and get another one. Uh, uh, what a guy. All right, the Dave Petromala Defensive Player of the Year Award nominees here, Garrett Apple, Jared Newman, and Tucker Durkin. Uh, I mean, Jared Newman's the meanest out of all of them, I would say. Uh, but – Jake, as you're you're the you're the defense guy here, so we'll we'll let you go first. Um, so I think that the it's weird because it's like three very different types of defensemen, right? Um, like Tucker Durkin is a punisher, like an absolute punisher. He's gonna just beat you to fucking shit the entire game. Like he's gonna lay hard checks on you the entire game. Newman's pretty multidimensional, right? He's going to strip the ball from you. He can also pull up and score in transition. Like, he's going to outrun you. Apple is sneaky. He's going to absolutely just – you're going to be cradling the ball and all of a sudden it's gone, right? He's a, he's a magician. Um, I like the multidimensional aspect, so I'm going to go with Newman. Uh, I think he's, you know, uh, you know, as soon as he pulls up at 20, he thinks he's in range. Like, that's kind of insane. Uh, and I mean, he's, his wingspan is ridiculous. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going with, I'm going with Newman, although you have to give credit for, with, for Apple snatching souls with the, you know, he, he like the next leading in cause turnovers. He's got like, t- he's got like 23 in the next lead. The next person behind him has got like 10, you know, like that's, that's absolutely insane. Tucker Durkin mean as fuck. Absolutely great athlete. Going to punish you, but Newman it's Newman for me yeah my big for me it was between Apple and and Durkin and like the only it's it's just like the Atlas they've gotten shelled like a few times and you know that's not like on Durkin but obviously it's like a team defense thing but um, yeah I got to go with Apple just because again the the turnovers and then also the fact that the Redwoods were you know just one of the better defensive units the entire season Um, you know we saw that you know you know, when, when that unit wasn't, you know, totally together, like if, you know, if, if Glazner was missing a game or something like that, um, they just weren't nearly as, you know, as dominant. So that to me, is just like a, like a a great sign of like, a, I don't know. It's just, I I like that all the pieces fit together there. So that's more of like a award that I would give to the Redwoods defense in general. Um, And then Garrett Apple's just like the name who, who ends up getting it. Uh, moving on the Jimmy Regan teammate award. So this is, um, this is again, the, the absolute psychopath award that we were talking about earlier. So it should be pretty, uh, pretty easy to assume who we're going to pick for this one, but the nominees are Mark Lassini, Adam Gettleman and John Rannigan. Um, this is, I mean, this is, this is the Mark Lassini teammate award. Yeah, that's it's it's Glassini, like hands down. Nobody, nobody's out there putting it. You can't even say I can't even fucking put the words together. Like Glassini, uh, I mean, also a nominee for the um, the psychopath award. Uh, nobody is out there putting themselves on the line for their teammates like like Glassini. So that's easy for me. Yeah, I mean. Not to discredit the other guys, but like yeah, it's it's like it's like Adam Gettleman, like his job is also like his job is to get hit by balls. So like exactly, I, but but the only thing is like like that's not Glassini's job, but he still does it anyway, just because he's such a fucking psycho. So uh, yeah, psycho award, Mark Glassini, uh, the Wells Crowther Humanitarian Award. Um, so this is just you know doing work in their community um, and just being a, a good old fashioned guy. So the nominees here, I, I don't really know a lot about what the other guys are doing. Um, so like maybe you would know a little bit more about like what Ratliff's doing, but the nominees here are Scott Ratliff, Justin Gutterding and Eric law. So like, I, I'm sure that Ratliff and, and Eric law are both doing like some like really cool things in their community and shit like that. But like the only one, that I like know like what they're doing is, is gutty, um, you know, and, and the work that he's been doing, uh, with his, you know, his charity, uh, you know, helping kids with, um, uh, you know, with learning and, and mental, um, you know, disabilities. Uh, so, you know, gutty, he does a great job with, with all those guys. So, uh, you know, that's my pick 
for the humanitarian award. So maybe you, you have a little bit more insight. Um, but for now, for me, it's gutter dang. I'm not certain what uh, law is up to, but I know that that Ratliff um, has has worked with, uh, you know, his boys Holman and uh, and Gid and Gittleman. Um, but he he has a fund where he is where they teach the cross to people internationally, so Dominican Republic, Denmark, and things like that. So you know that's very visible. It's in my face. So to me, that's my first thought is is Rat giving back to the community, um, and he does a lot. Um, I believe at one point he was president of one of the biggest um club teams in atlanta if not the biggest club team in 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 the state um i think he still is if not uh he's done a lot for that for that program um it'll be rat for me uh not to discredit anything that law or gutty are doing but you know that's you know i'm an atlanta guy it's in my face so that's what i know yeah that i mean that's pretty much the reasoning behind mine so like shout out to all three of those guys for uh for sure for doing shit but um yeah so moving on that will take us to the rookie of the year which um i mean technically it's it's all of them right i already Uh, already got this one picked oh well i think i think you i think you know which one who, who i'm going for but continue I actually don't know who you're going for, but real quick, let's, all right. So I'll let you go first. Cause I, I'm interested, but uh, the nominees here are Ryder Garnsey, friend of the pod, Tim Troutner, Jack Rowlett and Connor Farrell. So uh, yeah, I mean, you, you've got yours locked and loaded. So take her away. I mean, for me, it's Ryder. Uh, no, but like nobody is cut, you know, Okay. I, I get the Connor Farrell argument. I absolutely get the Connor Farrell argument, right? You know, um, but he's doing his job, right, as a face-off guy. An attackman, like you know, like Ryder, he, he had kind of a steady production in the beginning of the year, and then kind of all of a sudden, you know, towards the end of the year, he absolutely was showing out. And the stuff that Ryder does is every time the dude has the ball, it's exciting, right? It's absolutely out of this world because he does something fucking crazy. Uh, it, it, the way he plays is unorthodox, um, and the stuff that he can do is it, it is crazy. It's like uh, I, I don't really know how to describe it. And obviously, he's a huge fan of the pod. We're a huge fan of Ryder, so I might be biased, but for me, it, it's Garnsey. Yeah, I would I would say that it, like in terms of like shit, I love to watch. It is Ryder without a doubt. Um, I just, I just, it's it's hard right now for me to pick against Troutner though, just because like the way that this kid came in, um, you know, and, and, and even like, like the fact that like not a lot of people, like when Ryder Garnsey first stepped on to a PLL field, like people were expecting to see him just do ridiculous shit where his body's bending all over the place. And like, you don't know how he's going to get a shot or a pass off, but he's going to get it off anyway. Like people were kind of expecting that. Um, the fact that Troutner came in from high point where like, you know, not a lot of people get a ton of chances to watch him play. Um, and you know, so he's, you know, and you're thinking, you know, okay, like, you know, he was pretty good in college, but SoCon, it's like, you know, it's, it's division one ball, but it's like not, a great conference. So, you know, does, did his numbers in college just look better? Cause he was playing in the SOCON. Um, and then he came in and he was just on a fucking tear to start the year. Um, you know, ton of saves and like to, you know, just, uh, you know, you hear him out there talking, like everything's mic'd up. So you hear him like talking shit to the best lacrosse players in the world. You know, he's just, you know, the kid just graduated like a week ago and he's out here talking shit to legends. Um, and for a goalie, like that's what you love to see. So Troutner, it, it seems like he's, he's got like just the perfect amount of screws loose in his head to be, uh, you know, one of the great goalies. Um, so great start to a great career. So I, I'll go Troutner, but again, I, in terms of shit, I love to watch, in terms of shit that we should all love to watch, it's for sure Ryder. Um, but my pick for this one is, is Troutner. I think that's fair. I think that's a totally fair pick. Uh, and then finally, that will bring us to the Jim Brown most valuable player. Uh, we already mentioned this, but you know, just uh, just uh, real quick, the nominees are Connor Fields, who we both had pegged for our attackman of the year. 
Tom Schreiber, who we both had pegged for a midfielder of the year, and then Matt Rambo. So, I mean, you can't, you just can't argue with what Rambo did this this season. Um, yeah, you really, you really can't. You know, and and just, I don't. He'll he'll soak checks. He'll take you top side. He'll get you underneath. He'll stick some shots. But most importantly, like the vision that he has, um, you know, the the understanding of the game. Like you hear him when he's mic'd up, and like you hear that fucking Philly accent. And it's just like yo this and yo that, and you're like the fuck is this kid talking about? But like, then you see him like actually in act, like, you know, guys will, when, when like Ryan Brown will come down after a goal, be like, Hey Matt, like, can you explain, you know, what, what you just saw there? And you know, like he, he he says it, but you're thinking like uh, that the Philly accent, like what, what the hell is he actually talking about? Um, But then when you watch it in action, like you, you just see that he's, he's on a different level. Um, So I, I got to go with with Ramba and I mean uh the fact that the the drip snakes are one of the top two teams this year that's you know it's not a it's not a coincidence that you know with Rambo playing yeah no definitely not um I, I mean what can you say it's Jeff Rambo right uh the guy's a, a born leader um he's a brilliant player um <laughs> he's a tough guy you know it, definitely a tough guy you know, the, a big tough guy. Like if I, you know, if I, if I'm, if I'm on the field and like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get into it with somebody, it's not going to be Rambo. I'll tell you that. And Rambo would be the first one in there. You know, if, if, you know, he was my teammate and, and I mean, the, the guy is a stand up guy. So I, I, in terms of, uh, you know, most valuable player, I don't think the whip snakes would be uh, the whip snakes without Rambo. So he gets MVP for sure. And he's also like, and like, this is the case with like a lot of these guys that I feel, I feel like lacrosse players in general are typically like pretty, pretty like down to earth, like type of guy. But like Rambo is for the boys 24 seven. And, and again, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that Connor Fields and Tom Schreiber also are. Um, but I, I feel like, like Rambo walked into the locker room. I feel like the mood like automatically is like, all right, here we go. Like party started. And like that, that's the type of shit when, you know, when you're like, this is a long ass season. Um, so, you know, it, not in terms of like games, but in terms of just like, you know, travel this and that. Um, and then like time wise. So like you kind of need people in the locker room to where, you know, you, you get, they show up and the morale's already up. So like that, you, on the field, fucking animal. Um, off the field, animal as well. So, Matt Rambo, the the consensus MVP pick here for the crease dive. Uh, yeah. So with that, we should probably move it on over to our PLL playoff round one preview. This is going to be brought to us by Roback. They are a lifestyle activewear brand based out of Charlottesville. Uh, Virginia, dude, they, they've got quarter zips, they've got polos, they've got t-shirts, all these things. Uh, the material is just so soft. You, you want to sleep in it. You want to eat in it. You want to bathe in it. You just, you never want to take it off. It's, um, you know, so, so, and, and if you've got a pup, they've got dog bandanas as well. Uh, college football season just started and they've got, you know, they've got polos set up for, you know, all the all the big time college football programs. So, you know, if you're an Alabama fan, they've got a polo for you. If you're a Georgia guy, they've got a polo for you. Uh, if you're a Penn state guy, if, if you're a part of that cult, they've got a polo for you. So, um, you know, to start off this college football season, make sure you head over to roback.com and find yourself a, uh, you know, one of those polos. So that is R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. And if you put in promo code CREASE15, you will get 15% off on your first purchase. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win. A- so the playoffs, baby. We're talking about the playoffs, and it gets going tonight in Columbus. We've got to start things off. It is going to be the Archers versus the Redwoods, 7 p.m. You can catch it on NBCSN. Uh, So these two teams, regular season, they split the matchup one and one. So uh, first off, they they met up, what was that, week two 
and New York, and it was a 10-9 win for the Archers. Uh, so keep in mind, the Archers, they won two games in a row. Then they went on a little four-game losing streak. And during that four-game losing streak, uh, you know, the 4th of July week in Washington, they go down 9-8 uh, to the Redwoods. So Archers got a 10-9 win. Then Redwoods get a 9-8 win about a month later. So two games, both decided by one goal. Do you, do you see it being anything else this week? Nope. Easy choice. Uh, playoffs on the line. We're going to have fucking close-ass games, and I don't, you know, I don't wish to sound like a moron again. So, you know, I have sounded, we have both sounded so very dumb predicting some of these games. Um, and here we are, again, given the opportunity to sound like morons again. So, shall we? Shall I make a prediction on the Archers and Redwoods game or the Chaos and Whip Snakes game? I might. So, let's, let's, let, me, let me just go. Uh off the top of my head, because it's not going to be right. Um, let's say whip snakes by three, and then archers by two. Wow, I'm just going off the top of my head. Well, you're a fucking lunatic for that, because like I wasn't even going to ask you to to choose like the the score margin. Like, you no, know, it's the play. It's the playoffs where you know they're in everybody's in playoff mode. We got to be in playoff mode too, right? We have to be razor sharp, top of the you know top of our game, right? By two and by that's ball. I, I just needed names for. for oh, you should. I used to need names. Uh, well, you know what? You know what, Jordy? I go above and beyond. That's you know. I'm in playoff mode too. All right. Well, I've. I feel like I've. I've sounded more dumb this uh, entire season. So, like, I guess you still have like a little ways to go. Um, yeah. I mean, both of the they were one goal games before. I feel like it's. Pro- My biggest thing here, Redwoods. You guys, listen. I I know that they needed to score a lot in order to get into the play to like um, to bump the Atlas in that score differential, but they put up 18 right against Chrome the final week of the season. I think that what was that like 18 to seven or something like that. Um, did they, did they waste all of their goals on that game? Now, again, they, they had the bye week to reload all those goals. So like, um, uh, you know, it's not like they like scored 18 and now they're only going to go out there and put up like, you know, like eight, but when you think about, you know, having to play against this Archer's offense, again, t- guys like Tom Schreiber, uh, Marcus Holman, Will Manny, like this is a team that they're going to put up their numbers. Like they're going to get to at least 13, right? So do I see the Redwoods having 13 in them against the Archers where like not only do they have to score against Adam Gettleman, but then after then they have to score against Drew Adams. So it's like, it's like they, they've got to f- – figure out a way to break both goalies and put up enough to keep pace with the archers offense. So in my mind, I I just think they run out of firepower here and the archers are going to put up the numbers regardless. So I got to go archers in this one. Makes sense to me. Um, All right. Well, so so what you you already said this, but so, uh, you know, moving over, we've got, uh, on su- or on Saturday, so the 6 p.m. game, NBCSN, uh, the number one versus number two, Chaos versus Whip Snakes. Same exact thing as Archers Redwoods. So these two teams, they split the regular season matchup. Both games were by one goal. So week one in Boston, Whip Snakes over the Chaos, 15 to 14, and then. Uh, in Denver, late July, chaos. They uh, they get, they get the revenge there. So it's chaos thirteen, whip snakes twelve. So two goals, both decided by, or two games, both decided by one goal each. So regular season matchup here. They're both one and one. They both scored twenty seven goals against each other. You already said your your winner though on this one, didn't you? Yeah, I said, I said whip snakes by uh, by three. I, I went bold. See, I, I like I like the whip snakes in this one. Um, mostly because I feel like if it's going to be, so maybe not a three-goal game, but if it's going to be close again, I mean, if there's one thing that we learned this PLL season, if a game's going to come down to a wire and you need someone to come up clutch, you can always count on Chef Boyardee. So, uh, you know, I, I know that, 
you know, the chaos, they've got plenty of ballers down there at their own end. Um, but you know, this game right here, what I need to happen is for this game to come down to the wire and I need like a final second. I need it to be a tie game, final second shot. The ball is going to be in Rambo stick. I want to see Rambo on blaze one V one to end this one. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I like whip snakes coming out on top of this one and then they'll have a, uh, nice little buy heading straight to Philly. I mean, you heard it here first folks. Uh, and when, and if our prediction is wrong and the chaos blow out the whip snakes, um, we never told you to bet on the game. So don't little disclaimer there. Yeah. You know, or do it actually do I mean, if, if, if if you lose, just double down next week. So like, that's the great thing about gambling. We're like, you if you always earn your money back, you can always just get it back. You just got to be yeah. bigger the next time. Um, do we care about the, the loser's bracket? Not really. But it's it's going to be Saturday. It's college football is going on. Um, I mean, I'm going to be watching it. Like, I, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. And this is this is pretty blasphemous. And a lot of our listeners might be really upset about it. But like, I really don't watch a whole lot of college football. Like, I get most of my updates from Twitter. Like, if I see people talking about games and shit, if there's if there's a really crazy game going on, like cool. I watched like the Auburn Oregon game. Like that's great, but I'm not going to fucking watch like, you know, Penn state and Notre Dame. Like I'm just not like, I'm, I am, I am honestly, I am bored to death by college football sometimes, bro. Like I can't, I, I can't. So, you know, and it might be blasphemous, but like, I don't think I watched a single college football game last year, like at all. I think I just followed along on Twitter because everybody loves talking about it. So that's my little side tangent there that may be blasphemous for some people, but whatever, man, I'm a, I'm out there. All right. Well, if you are the same as Jake and you won't be watching uh, any of the games on, on Saturday in college football, you can catch him watching uh, Chrome versus Atlas Saturday, September 7th, 3 PM in the losers bracket. You lose and you go home in this one. Um, and you win, you still have a chance to get the first overall draft pick. Uh, so, you know, kind of a, you know, there, there's like a little bit on the line there. Like you're going to want that draft pick. Granted, there are some absolute beasts coming out next year. You know, uh, Grand Event, Michael Sowers, Jeff T, you know, mm. a couple, you know, just, just Michael Sowers, baby. I'm all about seeing Michael Sowers on the fucking field. That would, that's going to be nuts. Yeah. So, so like the only thing though, is like, I, I really like the idea of this. If, if next year's crop of draft picks weren't so loaded at the top, like those, those are like three guys right there where it's like, yeah, like I give me pick one, two or three. And like, I'm, totally chilling like i'm fine with either of them um so i mean but it still will be nice to get the number one pick and get to choose between all might kind of be a little bit pressure just in case like what if you pick the one guy who like ends up having like the worst career either way um but you no you, pressure yeah yeah you lose this one you're done for the year you win you get the chance to play against the loser of the redwoods versus archers next week in new york so um the Atlas, they're they're two and zero against the Chrome this year. Uh, they won in Chicago thirteen to twelve, and then in Hamilton seventeen to fourteen. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go Atlas again here. Uh, I know in college lacrosse we say it's tough to beat the same team twice, let alone three times in one season. Uh, but I don't know. I just Something about the Chrome just wasn't working out this year, um, and, I, and I don't see that being the case. Like they had one chance last week to, um, you know, to to really like go out on a high note. You know, the last game of the season, they had the chance to ruin someone else's playoff aspirations, and they just got the doors blown off of them. So that seems to me like a team that they're done for the season. Um, so I'll go. I'll go Atlas. And probably Atlas pretty big at this one. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying Atlas too. I think you know it'll be a good game. You'll have you know Trevor Baptiste and Connor Farrell going up against each other, but I'm I'm, I'm going Atlas as well. Yeah. So uh, for you know playoffs week one or round one. So I uh, you know I'm rocking archers and whip snakes. 
and you've got archers and whip snakes. Yeah. So, so we're both archers, whip snakes and Atlas. So like, here's the thing. I, I you might not even need to watch the games cause you just heard exactly how they're all going to play out before they even got going. Um, but you should watch them anyway. So, uh, tonight, 7 PM NBC sports network. That is archers redwoods. And then, uh, Tomorrow, tomorrow, the Saturday games, you can catch the Chrome Atlas. That'll be on NBC Sports Gold. Uh, but the big one, Chaos vs. Whip Snakes at 6 p.m., that'll also be on NBC Sports Network. Uh, real quick, should we just finish out our – I mean, this could be very much like old takes exposed by the time that this weekend's wrapped up, and you know we could both have completely busted brackets. But should we just continue out the rest of our brackets real quick? Sure, we can do that real quick. Because I mean, because uh, we're already rocking with the same picks um, for round one. So, all right. So, round one, we both have the Whip Snakes catching a bye. They're going straight to Philly for the championship, which means that in the semifinal in New York, we would have the Archers and the Chaos. So, you win here, you go to Philly to play for the championship, lose, and hope you had fun this year. So, my biggest thing is I, I just – I don't know if – no one's ever gotten rich in the history of lacrosse betting against Tom Schreiber. And, like, mm. myself, I'm not in a financial position right now to be losing a lot of money. So if, if I were to be a betting man on this game, it wouldn't be against Tom Schreiber. Like, this is where – this is where the whip snakes kind of double fuck the chaos because not only do they fuck them by beating them in round one tomorrow night, but they fuck them by letting the archers into the playoffs in the first place. Cause like all the whip snakes had to do was win that game to close out the regular season and the archers would be out of the playoffs. They'd be playing for the first overall pick, but because the whip snakes lost, that means that Tom Schreiber is now in the playoffs and I'm just not going to go against Captain America in this one. So I've got actually the Archers going on a nice little roll here. Winning in the final game of the regular season to get into the playoffs. Winning their round one game against the Redwoods. And then they're going to keep that thing rolling by beating the Chaos in the semifinals. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm about that. Um, I think that they make it to the finals in the crowning moment in Philadelphia. And I still think, you know, I, I think the whip snakes take them there, you know, um, this, you know, it's, th- you do all that work. You do, you get, you do all that work. You get shit pumped by fresh legs in the, in the championship. I don't know. Fuck. I got to promise. Like I promise everyone that's listening right now. Like we don't plan any of that. This is just like the least contentious podcast of all time because I have the exact same, Archers over the chaos in the semifinals and then whip snakes bring it back and, and they win the crown in Philly on September 21st. Uh, Matt Rambo, the kid, he's already lost a championship game in Philly before that, you know, lost to North Carolina in that uh, national championship. So don't foresee that happening again. Regular season MVP gets it done. He'll probably have like four and five in that game. Then he'll probably, you know, have himself a night in Philly and then he'll bring the, championship trophy or the crown or whatever it is to the Eagles game the next day, September 22nd, as the birds absolutely demolish the lions. So it'll, it'll be a great weekend here in Philly, greatest city in the world. Um, but yeah. All right. So that, I mean, that's not really, uh, not a lot of contention there, not, but we're just rocking with the same picks. Um, great minds either think, Great minds think alike or just absolutely horrific minds think alike. But either way, they all think alike. Um, in terms of the loser's bracket, so I we got uh, Atlas over the Chrome in that first game. So Chrome, see you later. Uh, then it's Redwoods versus Atlas, at least in our predictions, uh, for that first overall pick. I'm going to go Redwoods in that game. Um, you know, and then maybe, uh, you know, maybe we can get, uh, what's his name? Jeff T to the Redwoods to play with, uh, Clark Clark Peterson. Yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just going to go straight to it. I think the Redwoods, uh, make it out of that bracket. If they get beat, if 
I, I think that the loser of the archers in Redwoods game makes it out of the first round draft pick bracket with the first round draft pick. I think they come in and they snatch that first round draft pick from an all, all hope from the Atlas and the Chrome. Uh, well, I, I was, I was hoping that I was going to get to like yell at you a little bit or we'd have some <laughs> arguments, but we have the same exact picks. So listen, you, you guys have, I have a fit. I have a feeling that these are going to be a, like a hundred percent correct or a hundred percent. Like it's going to be one or the other. So right now for everyone listening, either ride with us or, or fade us, do whatever, but just know that, you know, some of you will end up looking like geniuses and, that could be us, um, but other of you could look like you have applesauce for brains, which also could be us. That's true. But, you know, as they say, bad boys for life. They do say that. Want to know what they also say? What do they say? That they keep it low to high to the day we die. We out. Surprise!